0: And doesn't that bring back some sweet memories for some of you? How many of you remember Mr. Rogers? Yeah? Like, if not, you're like, that's one of the creepiest things I've ever watched, right? <laughs> like, I used to eat that up as a kid, and then I was watching it back as we were, as we were pre- prepping for this series, and I'm like, that's just odd. Like, he takes his shoes off and puts shoes on to be in the house. Like, just the funny things there that are in that, in that whole little scenario of Mr. Rogers. But we are starting a new series called... Love thy neighborhood, all right? And the idea behind this is how can we as a church, if we've just talked about being generous, right? How can we as a church then show that generosity and that love to our neighborhood and the people that are around us? And so this past weekend, we had the opportunity at Old Shawnee Days, right? And that was awesome. I thought it was so awesome to be together as a church family of now four Campuses, right? Four campuses, New City, and it's awesome to see what God is doing, right? How God is moving in New City Church and the things that He is doing in this place and what He is trusting us with as a church. But the cool thing is that we have Ryan and Nia that we, as a church of New City, get to send out and just celebrate what's going to happen over there in the Loma Vista area or the Raytown area. And it's just cool to see and Cool to be a part of. And that's something that we had several people after Old Shawnee Days that were, that were like, we should do this like quarterly, like get together as a huge group or more often than just Old Shawnee Days, right? And from that, man, I got an awesome sunburn as well. Like my forehead is now peeling, right? But it was a great time together. And it was a great time as a church community and as a body to be in this place, right? And maybe you got to meet somebody new. Maybe you didn't, but that's okay. But here's the cool thing, is that when we as a community come together, we can truly impact a neighborhood, right? We can impact a neighborhood. And we talked about this a little bit back in January with our what if, right? We ask, what if we were to look at the places that God has put us and the, the people that he's put us around, and what if we were to use that for an impact in the kingdom? Man, what could happen, right? How could we truly then show this great love to our neighborhood. Now, as we have moved here just in this past year, right, we have this new neighborhood that we're in. And it's funny because we really haven't gotten to know a lot of our neighbors. Now, many of you have heard our story about our snake in our our house when we first got here and how quickly we got to meet some of our neighbors. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but man, Keith, two doors down, Keith is like a hero to us. Like, we love Keith because he had a snow shovel and he brought it down and he helped us get the snake out of the house. Like, thank you, Keith, right? And we got to meet Keith. And we got to meet him as one of the first neighbors that we met. But here's the thing, and here's the honest truth. Like, the people around us in our neighborhood, we don't know them well, right? And a great example of this was we, have a, we don't have a lot of kids in our neighborhood, but we do have uh, a, about a 10-year-old, ki- a 10-year-old boy right across the street and so uh, just by accident, Graham and I started playing catch in the front yard. Our backyard was, honestly, the grass was too tall, <laughs> and so the ball wouldn't roll. And then it was rained, and it was muddy and swampy, and so we went out in the front yard, and we're starting to throw the ball around, play catch, and this kid brings his glove out and starts playing with us. i are like, okay, cool, you know, so we're throwing the ball around in this triangle and just playing and having a great time. And then so that kind of built up this confidence with Graham, like, okay, I can trust this kid. Well, a couple days later... The kid's out in his driveway playing basketball, and he comes to Abby and says, hey, can I go over there and, and ask him to play? We're like, yeah, go for it, you know, like a friend. Awesome, besides his brother. And so he runs out there, and he starts playing with him and all this, and I get home, and he's like, hey, Dad, guess what? I went, I went across the street and played basketball. I was like, oh, cool, buddy. That's awesome, you know? And then he says, or I ask him, I said, so what's that kid's name? He goes, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I don't know. And come to think of it, I don't know his name either. And I played catch with him like three times. And I don't know his name. And I don't know his mom's name. And she's been out there a couple times when we've been playing catch. And like, hey, this is awesome that you're playing catch with my son. And all these different things. But I've never caught her name. But man, isn't that how we can treat our neighbors? Right? Like we can throw a wave. We can throw a, hey, how you doing? Is it a good day? Oh, it's a great day. Yeah. It's good. It's good right? That's how we can treat our neighbors. We may even be so kind as to pull their trash cans in for them or take their mail when they're gone. But do we truly know our neighbors, right? Do we truly know them? And so today we're going to talk about this idea that if I am called and commissioned to love my neighbor, then I probably need to know who my neighbor is, right? I need to know who my neighbor is. Now, here's the thing. I was doing a little research and I found that in, uh, earlier this year, the Pew Research Center did uh, like a poll about neighborhoods and how communities interact, okay? And they found that 43% of Americans can recognize their neighbors, okay? So like if they saw them in the store, they'd be like, hey, that's my neighbor, right? Or they saw him in a police lineup, they'd be like, hey, that's my neighbor, right? <laughs> like they would recognize their neighbor. But here's the thing, only a third of them know their neighbors by name, man, okay, only a third of them know their neighbors by name, now here's another staggering thing, 58% of those that were polled, all right, 58% said they will never have or never have or will have a party or get together with the people in their neighborhood, 58%, 58%, but here's the deal, these are people that you are around all the time, right? All the time. Now, here's the deal. Okay, Jesus, asked, or Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. So he puts that as the second commandment for us, to love our neighbor as ourself, right? And so, man, that's a big deal. That's a big, big deal that what he is asking us to do. Now, you've heard it over and over, but I'm going to continue to say it. Our mission as a church is to inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus, Right To live like Jesus. As we learned in the last series, Jesus was a super generous, generous person. But who was he generous to? He was generous to his neighbors. Right, He was generous to the people that he encountered. And we're going to find out today that our neighbors are the people that we encounter. The people that God puts before us, that's who our neighbor is. Now, there in your worship guide, you've got a little definition there of neighbor right? And so this is Webster's definition, okay? And here it is. A person who loves, excuse me, loves, that's a mistype, lives or is located near another one, okay? So a person who lives or is located near another one. Also, another definition of a neighbor is a fellow human being, right? But then there's this definition in there of what a neighbor can be, and here's what a neighbor can be, to be neighborly or friendly. Right? And so I would think that if you were to go and just ask somebody on the street, hey, what is your idea of a neighbor? They would give you something along those lines, right? Somebody that I live by. Maybe somebody that I interact with or someone that is around me. And here's the deal. Lucky for us, Jesus gets asked the same exact question. Who is my neighbor? Who is my Neighbor. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 today, all right? It's also there in your worship guide, but that's where we're going to be cruising today, and we're going to be in verse 25 of chapter 10 in the book of Luke, okay? And here is how it goes. Just then, an expert in the law stood up to test him, him being Jesus, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he asked Jesus is asking this now. How do you read it? You're an expert in the law. You tell me. What does it say? What does it say we should do? Look what it says. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Right? And then Jesus responds, you've answered correctly. High five. Gold star. A plus. You got it. Right? Expert in the law. You have gotten the law correct that's what it says but then look at this next part do this and you will live right do these things and you will live but look at the next line but wanting to justify himself he asked jesus and who is my neighbor all right so the same question we're asking this morning who is our neighbor jesus got asked that exact question but here's the thing This expert of the law, he wants to get everything perfectly right. So he wants to follow the law properly. But then if he is to love his neighbor, he wants to know exactly who that neighbor is. In other words, he doesn't want to waste any extra energy on anybody besides the neighbor that he's supposed to love. That's who he wants to love. That's who he wants to go after. If that's going to inherit me eternal life, then that's the person I want to go after. So who is it? Tell me who it is, Jesus. And here's how Jesus responds. In verse 30. He says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. And they stripped him, they beat him, and and fled, leaving him for half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But, a Samaritan on his journey came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. And he went over to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. And then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. And when I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you may spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor of the man? Who fell into the hands of the robbers, the one who showed mercy to him, he said. Then Jesus told him, Go and do the same. Now, these are some pretty packed pieces of scripture, right? This story, maybe you've heard it before, is called The Good Samaritan, right? And there's a lot in here. I mean, we could spend this whole series on just this one passage right here. But let's look at the the people that are in this story first, all right? So we have this individual who is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho on this road that is known, as Jesus is speaking to these people, they know that this road is a sketchy road. Like, you don't go on this road after dark, right? Like, this is a place where robbers and thieves are known to be. There's a lot of places, and it's still there today, there's lots of places on this particular path and road where robbers could hide up in the rocks and then attack whoever was coming through that place and making that journey. So you have this individual who was robbed and everything was taken from him, and he's thrown to the side and left. But then you have these two fellas that come into the picture, and as they're traveling down the road, they see this man, and then what do they do? Do they walk over and give him a big hug or make sure he's good, flip him over, make sure he's breathing? No, they step to the other side of the road. Now, there's a couple reasons for that. A priest and a Levite, right? Both holy men who needed to keep themselves clean, needed to keep themselves sacred. So if this man is dead, they themselves are not to encounter him. But What he's saying to this expert of the law is, look, these are men of the law, and what did they do? They just simply stepped around. They just simply stepped around. They're in the same boat as you, Mr. Expert of the law. And what did they do? They just stepped around. They didn't check on him. They didn't holler at him. Hey, bud, you okay? Right? They just went around. But then, here's the kicker that that Jesus throws into this mix. In verse 30, he says, but a Samaritan. But a Samaritan. Now, this is the same case as the Samaritan woman at the well, right? That this doesn't happen. In other words, Jews and Samaritans don't interact. Like, they're not neighbors. They're not neighborly. They're not friendly. They're not buddies. They don't hang out. But here, the Samaritan steps up on the scene and sees this man, and what does he do? He steps out of his way, not around him, but steps out of his way towards him and takes care of him, checks on him, bandages his wounds, puts him on his donkey, takes him back into town and says, or spends time even taking care of him there, and then says, hey, I'm going to leave, but you take care of him and I'll reimburse anything else when I get back. This Samaritan man is going to do this. Now, here's the thing. The Samaritan man takes this mercy on him, right? He takes care of all these expenses. And this is truly an incredible picture of what loving your neighbor truly looks like. A man who should not love this person whatsoever because of what he thinks of him, but what does he do? He fully embraces him and fully loves him. And what Jesus is showing is this, it doesn't matter who the person is or the label that they hold, you are to love them. You're to love them. That's what you're to do. And so, even if it's a Samaritan. Now in verse 40, or excuse me, 36, here's what it says. Look again, it says, which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor, right? Jesus flips it around and puts it on the expert of the law again, and he says, who proved to be the neighbor? And he answers, right, the one that showed mercy, right? The one that showed mercy. So this, this begs us to ask the question, what kind of neighbor are you, right? What kind of neighbor are you? And I can say that this is pressed into me this week as well as I look around our neighborhood and who we know and who we don't know. What kind of neighbor am I? Do I truly love my neighbors? Do I truly love my neighbors? Because let's look back at those definitions again, okay? The first one, again, one who lives or is located near another. All right, then we're just simply gonna reside together right? We're simply going to reside together. If you keep your dog off my lawn and he's not pooping in my grass and you mow down your line and you put your trash cans away when you're supposed to, guess what? We'll be buddies. We'll hang out. We'll be friends. Or maybe we won't hang out, but we're going we're gonna to reside together, right? We'll be okay. There won't be any tension. Things will be good. I won't call the Property Owners Association on you. Like, things are good, right? That's one way that we can be a neighbor. But here's the other one. Again, that definition, one who is neighborly And kind right one who is neighborly and kind because here's what happens when we become neighborly and friendly we become intentional we become intentional in our efforts of how we are then reaching into our neighbor's lives and we're going to talk about here in a couple weeks loving that tough neighbor right? The one who does let their dog come in your grass. The one who does never cut their grass. The one who does have the the car on blocks in the front yard. Like, whatever it might be, you still love that neighbor. But ultimately, you're going to show mercy to that neighbor, right? You're going to show mercy. Now, here's the thing. We want to bless our communities, right? We want to bless our neighborhoods. So we have our neighborhoods where we live, right? But then we have our neighbors, the ones that reside next to us, but also the ones that we encounter. The ones that we encounter. And so our friends at Westside, they have a cool thing that they do and they're allowing us to use it. In fact, Pastor Dan Sutherland is speaking in Shawnee today. But here's the deal. They have this thing called the bless method. Right and the way that they bless their community. So on the backside of your worship guide there, you have the bless. It spells out bless, right? Easy to remember, pretty easy to recall, because it spells out bless. So that's how I'm going to bless my neighborhood. And so the place that it starts is with that B, okay? And the B is begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. So we're going to begin to pray that we have opportunities with our neighbors in one of two ways. Either their spiritual curiosity grows to where they then come to us or to where we have an opportunity to encounter them. In other words, Lord, I pray for more opportunities to play catch with the young man in our front yard. Right? Lord, I pray for more opportunities to be in the backyard when our neighbor's doing laps around his backyard that I have an opportunity to talk to him and get to know him. So we're going to begin to pray next we're gonna listen l we're gonna listen right so as we begin to get to know our neighbors and as we begin to pray for them and talk to them we're then gonna listen to them and we're gonna hear their hopes their dreams their pains their struggles and their challenges and i think you could even tweak this a little bit and add another one we're gonna look for things in their life right and l you're gonna look for things in their life Man, I noticed that you're older and like you really have a hard time mowing your yard. I'd love to help you with that. I'd love to do that for you. Right? We're going to look for opportunities. The next one is eat. The E is eat. When we first got to know many of you, one of the first things that we tend to do is we have you over at our house for you to eat. Eat with us, right? Because there's something special about when you share a meal with someone and sit across the table from them that it moves you from this place of just simple acquaintance to actually being friends or being a little more than acquaintances, right? It's more than just a hey, how you doing? But you have now brought yourself into this place of comfort with that individual, right? And so we're going to eat together. Now, We have a thing that we use called open tables as a church, right? And what we want to do in this series is give you an opportunity. If you're wondering what an open table looks like, we're going to have open table 101. And we're just going to show you what an open table looks like. And so those are going to be the last two Thursday nights in this month. We're going to host that at our house and we're just going to host an open table and we're going to show you what an open table is. Because open tables are nothing to be scared about. Open tables are an opportunity for you to connect with your neighbors or individuals within this church body. And it's an awesome thing for us to have as a church. And so that may be a chance for you to connect, right? And so open tables. So we're going to eat together. All right. So the next one is this that that first S. We're going to begin to serve. We're going to serve. Now look at what we've done here, okay? Because here's what we've done. We have prayed for our neighbors, right? We've now listened to what's going on in their lives. Maybe we've even eaten with them, and now we're going to serve them, right? We're going to serve them. And so, man, how can you maybe serve someone you know this week? Maybe you already know one of your neighbors. Maybe you already know two of your neighbors. How can you Serve them. And it could be something small, it could be something big, but how can you serve them? And then that second S, all right, share your story. Share your story. And we talked about that a little bit last week at Old Shawnee Days. How awesome it is that we each have this story that God has written for us, right? And it's called our life. It's what He's brought us through and what He's continuing to take us forward. And all of those different things come together to make our story. Now, I want to give you a little a little hint or a little, maybe a little bit of relief even, okay? When we talk about evangelism, all right, the days of evangelism, of going up to somebody's door and just knocking on it and saying, hey, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? Would you go to heaven or hell? Like 5% of the time now, that works. But you know what highly increases that percentage? It's when you do relational evangelism when you build a relationship with someone and then you pour into their life and you share your story of what God's doing. And that's where God moves. And that's, the, honestly, when we look at the evangelism of Jesus... Yeah, he had his moments where he had his large groups and his large crowd and he would present the kingdom and he would present that to them. But the majority of time, think like Zacchaeus, right? He he got to know Zacchaeus. What did he do with Zacchaeus? He went to his house and he ate with Zacchaeus and then he shared with Zacchaeus, look, this is what the kingdom looks like. And then Zacchaeus does what? He changes his life, right? He changes everything in his life to point now towards Jesus being Lord of his life. There's a really great book by a guy by the name of Alvin Reed, and it's called How to Share Your Faith Without Freaking Out. It's a good book. It's a little cheap, easy read if you just need something to help you in that, if you're just not confident in that. It's a good read, just, and it talks about how we take these coffee shop conversations and we turn them to the gospel and we turn them to Jesus. That's, it's that simple. Share your story. Be a blessing to your neighborhood, right? Bless those around you. I think this is an awesome tool for us to begin to use. Now, you may say, okay, that sounds great, sounds awesome, but I don't know a single neighbor around me. Guess what? We're in the same boat, right? We're right there with you. So Abby and I, we're going to be growing through this series with you, going and growing, Okay. And so here's the deal. We know our neighbors. If you're sitting in our house, we know our neighbors to the left. Their names are Matt and Kelsey. Uh, and the, really the reason we know them is because they came and first interacted with us, but we know them. We've tried and tried to get them to come over to house. She travels a lot and it's just, our schedules never work out, but we're still, we're still trying. Like every time we see them, Hey, we should get together. Right? Like there it is. One down Keith, my snake saving man, right? Like I know him. Awesome. His wife's name. Honestly, couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I bet Abby could because she's good with names, but I can't remember her name. Straight across the street, still got the young man. Honestly, still don't know his name. (laughs) So that's on our goal list. We're gonna know his name and we're also gonna learn his mama's name, right? I know uh, to our left, like across the street in the left, I know that that's Tony and I know that Tony is terrified of snakes and when I had the snake in my house, he wasn't coming across the street. Like that's what I know about Tony. And I know that he loves to work on lawnmowers because he's always doing it. Or maybe he doesn't like to do it, but he's always doing it. (laughs) Right? And then across to my right, we know, I can't remember their names, but they're right there and they brought us cookies and they're awesome. And they keep their yard immaculate, but they're always out front. And that's an opportunity for us to then go encounter them. Right? And then our next door neighbors to our right, here's what I know of them. He does laps every day around his backyard and that's his exercise And when I ask him, how you doing? He says, I'm upright and breathing. And that's what we get from them. And so, yeah, we've got some work to do as well in getting to know and loving our neighbors. But here's the deal. Again, if we are called and we are commanded, if we are commissioned to love our neighbors, man, that's something we ought to be doing, right? Something we ought to be doing as a church and begin to do as a church. And so we have a cool little tool for you. I forgot to bring one up here, but each family is gonna get one on the way out, okay? And they're a little magnet that you can stick up on your uh, refrigerator or anything else, metal, right? Like you can stick it up there, okay? And it has your house in the middle and then it has eight squares around it. And what we would love for you to do throughout this series, and again, we're gonna be doing it right there with you, okay? What we want you to do, thank you, She's my saving grace right there. Okay, so it has these little squares, okay? And it's dry erase. And so if you get a dry erase marker, you can write the names of your neighbors on this. And we want to challenge you, all right? By the end of this series, which is going to be four weeks, the end of the month, or the beginning of July, actually, we want you to have your neighbors' names on this, Now, here's the deal. You may say, all right, I've lived in my neighborhood for 15 years. I know all of my neighbors. We're close. We're buddies. Then guess what? You are light years ahead of us, right? You are light years ahead of us. And so you now have an opportunity to begin to listen. You have an opportunity to maybe even eat with these people. You have an opportunity to serve them. You have an opportunity to share your story, right? Like you're ahead of the game. Or if even if you know three of them, man, you're ahead of the game. And you have an awesome opportunity to love that person. But again, if we don't know who our neighbors are, it's gonna be really, really hard for us to begin to love them, right? To begin to love them. So we have a couple more opportunities for us to begin to love our neighbors, all right? And I know this is short notice, but on this Thursday night, we have an opportunity at the Mission Farmer's Market, okay? The Mission Farmer's Market, we get to have a booth, we get to have a booth for free and we're going to do a little bit of face painting and maybe some cotton candy and we're just going to hand out information about our church and we're going to love on the community all right but abby and i are the only ones that are signed up to do that currently so if you can give up your thursday night there's a sign-up sheet right back there on the table and we would love for you to help if you can only help for a little bit that's great too uh one of us is going to have to leave for graham's baseball game uh, and so you know we need a couple more people that could possibly be there if you could Okay. And so that's this Thursday night. And then for us as just a church family and a church body as men tonight, we're doing a thing called fireside. Okay. And that's going to be a Jake and Brandy Peterson's house. And there are little, if you need to know, like, okay, I don't know their address. Then there's some little cards back there. They look exactly like this. All right. And it has their address on there. And then all we're asking you to bring is a lawn chair if you have it all right? And we as men and guys are just going to hang out around the fire and spend some time together and get to know each other a little bit better. Because again, if we're going to bless one another, if we're going to love one another, then we need to probably know one another, right? And so this gives us an opportunity to do that. All right? Sound cool? Sound good? All right? Well, let me pray for us and then we'll continue on our service this morning, okay? So Father, we thank you so much Lord, I thank you for the, the commandment and the commissioning of loving our neighbor. Father, I thank you for that opportunity. And Lord, as we have um, gotten to know Matt and Kelsey, our neighbors, and Lord, getting to know them, and Lord, just getting to pour into them, it's, it's enjoyable. And Lord, it's rewarding to be able to do that. And so, Lord, if you multiply that by each person in this room and the people that are around us, man, we can, we can re- be rewarded in a lot of ways. And Lord, we can see some awesome things through you. And Father, through this series, I'm just excited to see the stories that you are gonna to begin to form and shape and the relationships that you're gonna to begin to form and shape. And Father, through that, we even proclaim now, Lord, that we desire to see salvations through that. or we desire to see people come to be a part of your kingdom, maybe to come to be a part of this body. Lord, whatever it might be, Lord, that we can pour into our neighborhoods that are around us. And, Lord, that we can love our neighbor, whether it be our neighbor at work in the cubicle beside us. Lord, whether it be our neighbor that is there in the house next to us or the apartment next to us. But, Lord, you have placed us in that place for a purpose and a reason. And so, Lord, we're excited to be a part of that story. We're excited to be a part of that story. And so, Lord, we look forward to helping to write that. Lord, may you already begin to stir curiosities in our neighbor's. Lord, may you begin to put questions in their mind about you and who you are that we are able to answer when we encounter them. And Lord, I pray for those opportunities out in the street. I pray for those opportunities on the halls or wherever we might be, Lord, that you will give us those opportunities to love our neighbors and to show mercy to them. And Lord, we just give this week to you and we give those opportunities to you and we just pray these things in your name. Amen. And we've got some, again, some awesome opportunities coming up. Another one that we have is on June 22nd. We're doing another Parents' Night Out here at Crestview. All right? And we want to just bless the parents of Crestview. And so the way that that happens is by you giving. What you're giving goes to our impact in the neighborhood. Right? Now, here's the deal. I want you to think about just through this season right here, just through this summer even, and as you're giving, you're buying seed. Now, that may sound weird, okay? But I want you to think about how many of you have ever bought and planted tulips? Anybody? Are tulips a thing here? Okay, a couple of you. All right. So anyway, let me tell you a little bit about tulips, all right? So when you buy tulips, you buy tulips in the fall. Now, that doesn't make sense. But you buy tulips in the fall. And when you buy tulips in the fall, you dig a hole and you stick them in the ground. But guess what? You don't see tulips until the spring. And the other day, I was just, I was actually talking to John Burrell, and we were having lunch, and we were talking through where we are as a church. And honestly, I truly believe that we as a church right now are planting bulbs. We're planting bulbs. And I truly believe that in this next season of our church, what we're gonna begin to see are these little sprouts begin to pop up. But you know what's the cool thing about a tulip? (laughs) That when it sprouts out of the ground and it grows, then what happens at the top? You get this beautiful bloom, right? This beautiful bloom. And here's the cool thing about that is that when we are buying these bulbs, when we are purchasing these bulbs, when we are serving our hearts out and it feels like, man, what are we doing? We're planting bulbs. And you guys are the planters. We're planting them. And the Lord's gonna water them and they're gonna grow. I truly believe they're gonna grow. And so that's what our giving does, all right? And so I'm gonna pray for our giving and then those of you who are on the inside, I'm gonna ask you to grab one of those planters, which is great that they're planters, right? That's awesome. But what I'm going to ask you to do is pass that down the aisle, and this will be our time of worship through giving. The band's going to play a song as well. If you want to join them in singing, that'd be awesome. But let me pray for that and bless that today, okay? So Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to give back to you in this time of worship. Lord, we have this opportunity to give a little bit back to what you've given us. Father, may we use that and steward that well to impact our communities and to impact this place, Miriam and Mission for the Kingdom. And, Lord, we just look forward to those bulbs that you're going to sprout, those flowers that you're going to bring forth. And, Lord, we look forward to seeing what that's going to look like. And so we give this offering to you, and we give this time of worship to you. And we praise you for who you are. And we pray all these things in your awesome name. Amen.